Oh, there we go. Alright. Alright, and we're live. Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling, Valeria? I'm feeling great. Are you really? Yeah. You, you look know, cozy. there's something missing in our uh, life right now. What is that? It's our cat meowing like crazy. Shh. Don't mess this up. We might actually get through an episode without a meow. He's sleeping. All right. Oh, shoot. I forgot. Please don't spill a Coke like you did it yesterday. I know. I know. There's always got to be something wrong with our live stream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something's got to be a little off today. My monitor was in the shot. Okay. I think we're pretty good. Do you want to brighten the shot up, or do you think it's good? Hmm? Are you looking at the um, the video feed here? I see you're texting somebody. No, I'm actually trying to open your video, darling. I'm not texting okay, anybody. Good. Do I look okay? Yes. All right. All right. We're going to get a camera on Valeria soon, I've decided. No. She doesn't want to because she feels like it'll take some of the authenticity off, out of her attitude. That's true. But I feel more uh, comfortable being off camera. She's just too because I don't so have to like pretty. We gotta do put my her on. makeup nicely, hair, and I can be in you my look good. pajama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Enough of the silliness. Let's get into the first story. Okay. Officer Sicknick's mother speaks out. He wasn't hit on the head. Yeah. So this is kind of an older story. It's about a week old, maybe something like that. Uh, but now Sicknick's mother is actually speaking out about this. Um, Sicknick was the officer who died following the uh, Capitol protest. And everyone on all the news networks, CNN, you know, New York Times, everybody was like, this was a, a deadly insurrection. This is a deadly armed insurrection. Never mind that nobody killed anybody. Never mind that nobody was actually armed. That's, that's irrelevant. It was a deadly armed insurrection. And the only uh, case that they used, really, to establish that the, um, you know, the protesters were murderous was this guy, um, Sicknick, this uh, you know, police officer. <clears throat> but, um, so they were saying that he was hit in the head with a um, fire extinguisher. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of these networks were saying things like he was beaten with a fire extinguisher. But there was a video. video footage there was a it. video of officers getting hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, but they didn't even move. I mean, it, that certainly wasn't the sicknick accusation, what happened in that video. Mm -hmm. So... I actually speculated in a video in which I spoke about this that this was a lie. I did not believe for a second that Sicknick was beaten with a fire extinguisher. In well, fact, I wasn't even sure that but he was. What, what do you think? What do you think happened? Why he? Well, died? now we know. Well, at least well, we okay. We don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he wasn't killed by protesters in any way whatsoever. Like that's not even a question anymore. So even CNN came out with a report recently that where they said, actually, that may not be true because there doesn't seem to be any evidence that Sicknick was killed, you know, via blunt force trauma or anything else like that. I mean, one like person was killed. It's that woman who got shot. Of course, of course, there was one death, you know, of the protesters. Yeah, during, during protests. Sure, and they say that it was a Capitol Police officer that shot her, but... I'm not actually sure that that's true. Somebody shot her from inside the Capitol, and it's unclear who. You could see the person. There is a video of it. You can see their hands. It doesn't look like they're wearing a police uniform. So no. I'm not sure mm. who killed no, her. No, it wasn't the police Nobody's uniform releasing for sure. that data. So that's annoying. I think that person should be looked at and investigated. But uh, this Sicknick thing turns out that the media's been lying to us all along. And ha sh shocking, I know. Uh, but have they released retractions? Not that I've seen. CNN reported it. Um, but 
I guess today it was reported that uh, this um, Sicknick's mother. Uh, let me try to find this story here. So, um, you know, what, I'll switch to I'll switch to this image if I can. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, so this is a story here from Epoch Times. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick's mother says he wasn't hit in the head on January 6th. The mother of the police officer said her son was not beaten with a fire extinguisher on a, uh, by a mob. Sorry, I can't read it with these on. On January 6th, saying he likely suffered a stroke instead, refuting reports from the New York Times and other outlets claiming otherwise. He wasn't hit on the head, no. We think he had a stroke, but we don't know anything for sure, Gladys Sicknick told the, the Daily Mail in an exclusive interview on February 22nd. We'd love to know what happened. Uh, New York Times, CNN, and, CNN and, M M <laughs> and NBC updated their reports weeks after the January 6th breach to assert that Sicknick was not... Killed by a fire extinguisher. Okay, so I guess they did update the reports, but I'm not sure they've actually published any kind of retraction or anything like that. I know CNN did talk about it in one article. Um, originally, the New York Times reported based on anonymous sources that Sicknick was beaten to death. Um, oh, so they did update. It looks like, according to the New York Times update in, uh, in February, new information has emerged regarding the death of the Capitol. So, okay, I, look, the truth is I don't really even care if they... Up, update their information on their their sites or their channels because people don't really pay attention to the updates. People pay attention to to the, the first uh, to the first news that came out. That's right, the initial story. Yeah, the initial story. They tend Thank to pay attention. Thanks for increasing my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> the initial story. The initial story is what a lot of people pay attention to. If you talk to people now about, in fact, I was talking to people. I, I think I mentioned this in an earlier show. I was having a conversation with one of AOC's people, one of the people that yeah. got mm -hmm. her into office. And he brought this up. Just, I think it was like two days ago. Brought this up and said, you know, these, this was a violent insurrection. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Who was violent? Antifa. Antifa was violent. <laughs> well, you, you, you keep asserting that there were a lot of Antifa there. Yeah. I've looked into it. There certainly were some people that were, you can affiliate, you could say they were affiliated. Well, some people, Antifa. but they, for some reason, they all were in the front of the line, breaking windows, breaking doors. Um, well, I think there were probably some, but there were a lot of conservatives, people in like um, the Proud Boys and different other groups who were there trying to break down the barriers, trying to get in. There were some more aggressive Trump supporters. So I don't think we can just deflect all of the attention and say it's all, the, it's all Antifa. The thing that I'm more concerned about is how they are characterizing people on the right. Like this girl, Ashley Babbitt, that was killed. She, she certainly wasn't a violent person. She wasn't going there to kill anybody. And yet she was murdered. She was shot. And there's no accountability for that. They're just like, oh, self-defense. No big deal. She was trying to crawl through a window. It was perfectly acceptable for us to shoot her and kill her. It's ridiculous. So um, I, I'm not going to claim that there was, you know, a ton of Antifa there. Something that I found curious about that uh, incident is that there were no Antifa counter-protesters. There were yeah, no black guys counter protesters. All dress up. I mean, if you look at the like lots of videos, I saw lots of videos. And Trump supporters were mm -hmm. dressed in all black and was wearing red hat, like a brand <laughs> new, brand new MAGA hats. And there was Larry, like, I'm not saying that there weren't Antifa there or Black Lives Matter there. I think there were more of like more than you think. Oh, no, I know there were because there were I've seen videos of people shouting. These people are Antifa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and all this kind of stuff. And um, people seem to know the layout of the Capitol building and we're instructing people where to go and stuff like that. So some of this plan stuff, I've seen videos of Antifa going around the Capitol, breaking in, doing all that stuff. I've seen this. So I know they were there, but they, it wasn't just Antifa. I mean, there were definitely some conservatives there busting down barriers and trying to get in. Maybe, I, I would, maybe. I don't know what the percentage of conservatives are. The only problem that we have discussing this really is because nobody's investigating 
any anyone on the left that was there, any Antifa people, any Black Lives Matter people. You don't have anybody investigating that side of it, so we don't know the extent of that. But they're investigating every single conservative that was there. They're arresting people, they're charging them, they're uh, prosecuting them. So we know yeah, about all the conservatives. Like they we were don't know about arresting all the people who just came from the DC like the same day, on, like on 6th or 7th. Mm-hmm. They were arresting people in the airport who just fly flew flew <laughs> is it how I don't know if that's true that's true yeah you, I saw the video you have to send they me an were article of a- that. arresting person just because they came from DC like and the they same thought day, they like, were going to go to the protest yeah. or something like that yeah well you're mm-hmm. going to have to send me that article I'll, I'll try to find that all right let's move on to the well okay I let, let me just let me just finish up with this <laughs> um the fact that this lie was spread about Sicknick being killed by the uh, protesters. This is the main problem, right? Because a lot of the um, accusations made about Donald Trump, a lot of the um, really aggressive response to the protest by the FBI, by Democrats in Washington, D.C., this was all predicated on this idea that the uh, protesters were violent and they were trying to cause an insurrection. They were insurrectionists. This is a lie. Okay, this is not true. I knew this was a lie from the beginning. I reported on it very early. I was like, there's no way this guy was murdered by protesters. And now it comes out that, in fact, he was not murdered by protesters. And then that was all a lie. So my speculation about all the rest of it uh, being a lie, you know, if you go back and you watch my old video on this, it's it's pretty comprehensive. But... Um, I make a lot of accusations, I, I speculate a lot, and it just reinforces that speculation that I had at the time. I think I'm right about just about everything about that day and what happened. Um, but anyway, that's what I think. <laughs> Naturally, I'm, I think I'm right about everything, Valeria. That's true, Darren. You're right about everything. <laughs> All the time. That was sarcasm. All I, the I don't, time. You couldn't see her face, but hey. Yes. Next story. Senator Holly, 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 Holly. Okay, Senator Holly says General Honorary has no business leading any review of the January sixth incident. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is General Honoré. Uh, what's his full name? Let's see here. Uh, Lieutenant General Russell Honoré. So this was a pick from uh, Pelosi. I think, to run this. Uh, let's see here. Let, let's read the article. This is from OAN. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from, what is that, Montana? I think so. Um, slammed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, her pick to lead a capital... Sec- I can't read with this, this headphones on. To lead a capital security review, the senator raised concerns about the appointment of le- uh, retired Lieutenant General Russell Honoré to look into last month's attack. Honoré has partially blamed the attack on Capitol Police and the House and Senate Sergeant-in-Arms. He's also gone on several TV and radio shows claiming that the Capitol breach was an inside job put on by Trump supporters that allowed the takeover. An inside job put on by Trump supporters. And it actually is much worse than that, but let me keep reading. Holly shut down those claims, saying there's no evidence to uh, to prove any of the claims made by Honoré. Quote, to allege that any of you were complicit in this violent mob attack on this building, I think it's not only an extremely disrespectful, it's quite shocking, Holly said. This person has no business leading any security review related to the events of January 6th. In the meantime, House and uh, Senate panels are launching their own investigations into the security lapses in the Capitol last month. They're looking to determine what exactly went wrong and how to prevent it from happening again. So here's the thing. My speculation about all this and this is pretty, um, it's pretty wild speculation, but uh, I do think that Pelosi knew that there was going to be a raid on the Capitol. And I think that she either helped to facilitate that raid or she instructed the Capitol Police and the National Guard to stand down so that Not this just could stand happen. Stand down, open a gate. 
Right, yeah. And they let opened, the people yeah. in. They opened the doors, they opened the gates. And you heard you heard the story when uh, the one of the security said that he was sent home mm-hmm. same morning or the day before. I didn't read that story. He, he was supposed to work, but he said, no, you like have a day off That's on funny. January 6th. And of course, there, everybody knew that there was going to be a um, peaceful marching happening on January 6th. They could plan, let the people well, in. Well, they knew that there was going to be peaceful march, but what's more critical is that they knew there was going to be some kind of a raid. That This idea had circulated online in several groups. The FBI knew about it. Um, reporters knew about it. I found articles about this that, where they talked about it. And yet there was an unusually... Um, small number of Capitol Police guarding the Capitol at the, you know, on that day. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of speculation that Pelosi knew and somehow tried to like facilitate this in a way, like, oh, let him, let him get in, let him get in. And then when they do, we're going to say, look, they, this is an insurrection. So this was almost like planned on her part. Okay, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't almost like planned. This was planned on her part. That's what it looks like to me. Like she was... She knew this was going to happen, and she immediately formulated a plan to demonize Republicans, to demonize Trump. Right? She had already figured this out. Because that's a lot of how she thinks, right? Oh, how can I use this for my political advantage? She's a snake. That's what she does. But, um, so this guy, Honoré, he's like a far-left, loony Democrat, believes everything about the Democrat side, hates the conservatives. He's probably in some way compromised. Maybe he's supposed to lead the investigation into what happened. But he already believes that this was an inside job around conservatives. So it's one of those things where he's probably only going to look into what conservatives knew, what they were trying to help get, you know, happen. So you could take a text from somebody in Congress, a conservative, to somebody that was protesting outside. And you could say, all right, you said this and that and this. I think that this indicated that you were trying to help them to get in and break in. And it could have nothing to do with it, but there's people like to twist, you know, messages and stuff to indicate that. And this guy, Honoré, if he's convinced that the Republicans are the guilty party, he may never even look into what um, the Democrats knew and what they were doing. Um, I think it was reported today or yesterday, that the FBI, um, uh, they gathered up a bunch of the um, correspondence of all the senators and congressmen the day of the, the uh, protest. So they're all, they've already got that information, and they're looking through it, and they're trying to find who knew what and who was facilitating what. And that could be a good thing if they were you know, for, well, first of all, it's a bad thing because I think it's a violation of people's rights. But it could be a look, good thing if they were actually looking at the Democrats and trying to see if they knew something, if they were trying to facilitate something, especially Pelosi. I think Pelosi's the key here. I think they're, she's the one that needs to be investigated. She's the one that needs to be targeted. Now, they're saying here, obviously, that there are investigations going on about what happened. But my problem is that because Democrats are in control... These are not going to be fair investigations. They're going to be investigations of Republicans only, and they're just going to pretend like Democrats couldn't possibly be guilty of anything ever. And what's really scary, and if you haven't watched my AOC video, you should watch that. I just posted that the other day. AOC genuinely believes that Trump, Josh Hawley, uh, Ted Cruz, and some other congressmen somehow like planned the insurrection and they were trying to get members of congress killed <laughs> valeria's giving the um, most exaggerated eye roll i've ever seen in my, in my life right now um she says that uh that these congressmen were live tweeting the um the location of nancy pelosi during the protest and she is um suggesting obviously that these people wanted the, the uh, protesters to find Nancy Pelosi and murder her. And, and AOC's made this very clear. She thinks Republicans in Congress tried to 
manufacture a situation in which Democrat congressmen would be murdered, including Nancy Pelosi and AOC herself. Can I just say this to AOC, if she's listening? I know she probably (laughs) watches every episode. If Republicans were going to try to have members of Congress killed, they wouldn't try to have you killed. You're our entertainment. We love you. (laughs) You make the left look like a bunch of fools. We need you. (laughs) No conservative in his right mind wants AOC gone. We love AOC. She She makes the left look crazy. She's great. She's the best present that we have. It's fantastic. She's a great, um, I don't know, ambassador for what crazy leftists think and believe. I like AOC. I want more of AOC. Bring more craziness. That's what I want. (laughs) All right. Next story. Canada's gun confiscation set to start within the next few months. Yes. Okay, this actually took me by surprise. Had you heard about this? No. Yeah, this is bizarre, right? So, hold on. Let me try to switch over to the thing. Um, Canada gun confiscation in the coming months. The great northern gun grab, I can't do this with these headphones on, is about to begin. The United States' northern neighbor is bracing for a firearm confiscation. What would seem unthinkable just a couple of years ago is now planned to uh, radically shift gun ownership on America's doorstep within just weeks. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that sweeping new gun control laws would be coming, quote, in months that would drastically change how firearms are controlled in Canada. The Liberal Party leader made the unilateral announcement that the government would confiscate more than 1,500 makes and models of firearm under an expanded assault weapon definition it's an okay this would be an estimated 150,000 to 200,000 firearms that people own in Canada would have to be confiscated. Okay, so here let's scroll down to what am I looking for? Oh, non-compliance, that's what I want to see. Canadians who do not participate in surrendering their firearms to the government will be forced to endure a rigorous set of rules and inspections to keep their firearms. So people could potentially keep their firearms so long as they abided by all of these very strict regulations. Um, while they can and while they're alive, those who don't hand over their firearms could keep them under strict conditions not to use them, import them, further acquire more like that, I guess, uh, or maybe ammunition, perhaps, uh, sell or bequeath them. You, You couldn't give them to your kid or something like that. Those individuals would also be required to compete, uh, sorry, to complete the Canadian, uh, Restricted firearm safety course and upgrade their licenses to a, quote, restricted possession and acquisition license. Of course, this would incur all associated um, courses and license fees, along with registering any firearms with the firearms registrar, complying with enhanced storage requirements and periodically providing information on firearm storage to ensure compliance. Basically, you know, it's they, they make it really, really hard to keep the guns for you to keep the guns that they don't like, right? They, they want you to give them your guns or else, you know, you have to do all, you have to jump through all these hoops to keep your guns. So this is why I like this story. Because I would like to see in the coming months after this is passed, because they have, I think, two years to give their guns up, right? Between 2020 and 2020, 2022. I'm do you think they're going to protest? No. Although I don't think so. They may protest. That might, that would be nice to see. But what I think is going to happen is I think there's going to be a lot of boating accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, these yeah. memes? Uh, yeah. Yes. So throughout the internet, there is this common uh, meme whenever um, people get a little bit nervous about gun confiscation by our government or whatever. They say, uh, oh, gosh, you know, the other week I was out boating. Terrible boating accident. Just so happened, all my guns were on board. Gone. Bottom of the ocean. I'll never see them again. It's a shame. Well, you can't say this thing in Texas. Why? I don't understand what you're saying. There's no ocean too close to 
Yeah, there is. It's on the... It's on the Gulf of Mexico. Look at a map. Look it up. <laughs> Geography was never her strong suit. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, a lot of Canadians are, I suspect, going to get into tragic boating accidents in the near future. Oh, that's right, darling. You're right. You're always right. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you get for being sarcastic. Woman. Um, all right. Yeah, so this is, this is a very concerning, right, that the Canadians are going to have their guns confiscated. And I don't feel like that's going to be happening here in the United States, at least not in the near future. But it looks like they're trying to figure something out to push us in that direction. And with um, the Democrats controlling the executive branch, the legislative branch, and soon the judiciary, because I think they're going to pack the courts, I think we're in trouble. I think they will try to figure something out where they're going to probably follow this Trudeau model. My guess is they'll probably take the Trudeau model and they'll say, oh, we think that this, this is uh, valid because this other country did it and look, they've set a good precedent and we could follow that model and it could happen safely and, you know, and, but Americans who have the kind of guns that are going to be confiscated, <laughs> we're not going to let them take the guns. What? Uh, Michael says, give her a pass. She's not from here. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's true. So I would give her a pass, but she doesn't think there's a, an ocean touching Russia either. So. Well, Jen Psaki uh, once said if um, Russia is going to do a war with Bill Russia, it, it happened during Ukraine-Russia conflict like many mm -hmm. years ago. I think it was like, I don't know more than five years ago i wasn't even in u.s she said if russia is going to do this we're going to send our boats to our uh, marines to uh bell russia there is our no navy there is no nothing you can't you can't <laughs> bell russia they have no access to the ocean to it's the landlocked. ocean so even if jen psaki said that yeah. can i say that texas doesn't have an ocean next to it Yes, you, you're perfectly uh, allowed yes. to mess up our geography a little bit. Um, yeah, Jen Psaki, being in a position of a power in the government, uh, probably should know the geography about which she is speaking when she's talking about international politics. Valeria desperately wants me to do a video on Jen Psaki. I keep telling her to try to compile some videos and help me out. She has yet to do the work. So it's on you, baby. She's not even looking at me. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I find any kind of um, hint that the United States is getting closer to more gun restrictions and taking guns and stuff from people, I find that very disconcerting because I think that that sets up a situation that's very volatile in the United States. That, that's concerning to me. And I, I feel like this Justin Trudeau thing... Either he has been emboldened by the leftist government here in the United States, or he maybe have even had some kind of communication with Americans. And they said, yeah, go ahead and put that into place. That'll be an example for what we're going to do in the next few years. I wouldn't put it past them that that's what happened. But anyway, very disconcerting, disconcerting very um, concerning. And if you look at the um, number of gun deaths that happen in Canada every year per capita, Venezuela is at like... 50 per 100,000. It's like hell there, basically. Which I think is similar to St. Louis. Um, and then the United States has 12.21 deaths per 100,000 year. Um, 100,000 people. And that's uh, from guns. And then Canada has two. Two per 100,000. So it's not one of the most serious concerns compared to a lot of other ways people die there in Canada. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that the left likes to push. And uh, I think it's a mistake. I think that uh, Justin Trudeau should be voted out of office. I don't know how the Canadians aren't, you know, infuriated and 
trying to get him out already. Hopefully he does get kicked out in the next election. Um, I don't really follow Canadian politics. Maybe he's already used up all of his terms. I don't know. All right. Moving on. Next story. Okay. Amazon's pushes for increasing minimum wage in order to stifle competition. Stifle? Stifle. Stifle, I believe is the word. (laughs) Or stifle. (laughs) I like stifling. (laughs) I think we should stifle the competition more often. I thought you said sniffling. (laughs) Sniffling. (laughs) All right. So this is from the Epoch Times. Let me go ahead and uh, bring this up for you guys. All right. So Amazon minimum wage push aimed at crushing competition, experts say. So we all know that there's this push for a $15 minimum wage nationwide. Um, The reason I find this so frustrating is because, you know, if they push the minimum wage high enough, a lot of businesses are going to stop being able to afford to hire Americans. They're going to go to uh, China and say, hey, why don't you produce our stuff for us for cheap? And China's going to get Excuse me. China's going to get all the jobs that dissipate from this $15 minimum wage here. And so the $15 minimum wage is actually another way for the Biden administration to help China out and hurt America. It's terrible. But uh, this is an excellent point. This is something that's been brought up several times by people. But this is a, another article in the Epoch Times. But it's right on point. Amazon's campaign to have Congress approve a national minimum wage of $15 an hour isn't as much altruistic as it is anti-competitive. According to labor policy uh, researcher Rachel Gresler, Rachel Gresler, I don't know why that's difficult for me to say, Gresler, I don't know, I got it now. Uh, Amazon portrayed its efforts as humanitarian toward workers, uh, excuse me, quote, workers in need of a raise, uh, end quote, as well as, quote, small businesses that will benefit from increased spending, end quote. But the minimum wage increase would actually leave many of those workers without any jobs at all and crush Amazon's small business competitors at a time when they are are already struggling, uh, said Gresler, a research fellow at the Conservative Heritage Foundation. I think this is absolutely obvious. I mean, this is like... It's very hard to um, to not see how this is going to hurt small businesses, especially during the pandemic. I mean, you've got a pandemic right now. Everybody's suffering. You know, businesses can't even pay their rent. They can barely pay their employees if they were even able to go back to work. Especially, you know, okay, a lot of these states, they're opening back up. California isn't. We're still screwed, man. Um, you know, our, our gyms can't open. Our restaurants can't open. It's terrible. No, uh, they can open. Restaurants? And the gyms, yes, some of them... like Only outside. Outside, yes. Right. They were only opening... Outside. Mm -hmm. So if if a restaurant doesn't have the capacity to open outside, it can't open. No. Delivery, Mm -hmm. takeout. Yeah. That's it. Outdoor dining. Um, Yeah, she says it gives them a a competitive advantage and it forces out the little guys. Absolutely true. Um, And, I mean, this is something that we all kind of knew right we all knew that amazon was interested in the 15 dollar minimum wage pretending that it was humanitarian when in reality it helps them out because it destroys their competition and this is terrible for capitalism this is terrible for america um if anything they should lower the minimum wage (laughs) you know just democrats they just don't understand how the real world works one thing that I tweeted about this a while back was um, it's amazing to me how all these people pushing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, this pushing this idea, none of them seem to have ever owned a business themselves, right? You never hear a business owner saying, oh, we need to raise the minimum wage, except for Amazon because they know it'll help them. Did you see how people who are politicians who says we can't reopen the schools is dangerous? They don't have children. Yeah, that seems to be. Um, it's kind of a similar situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a consistent thing with the left. They'll argue about things to the death. You know, very passionately. Things about which they know nothing. You know, when they're talking about the AR-15 or whatever. They're just like, you know, they think that the letters AR means assault rifle. They think that I saw a video the other day where 
this politician, I forget what her name is, she's like talking about the weight of the gun. She's like, that, w- that gun weighs as much as like 50 boxes. <laughs> like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? It's like, and those bullets, those bullets are something else. Like, go fire one. Go to a, a range, you know, where they have these things available, these guns available, and go shoot one. It's a bit of fun. You get to know what you're doing. Some guy wrote an article a while back. I don't remember what it was. Uh, who I kind of want to go and shoot. Can we? Can we do this? Oh, yeah. Have you not gone? Uh, have we not gone back at the house? Mom and dad's house? I've no. never taken you shooting back there? No. Okay. Oh, we can probably go out here. I was shooting somewhere. when I was in school. We had a competition. Mm-hmm. And I was good. You told me you were like the best aim in your class or something. Yeah, and I had like terrible vision. Terrible vision, but that was better than guys. So I kind of want to shoot some guns. When um, we had some, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters out here on the street, and they were busting up all the, they busted up uh, Starbucks across the street, a bunch of small businesses. Um, somebody had said, my neighbor said that they had broken into our building, and so we were developing like a plan to try to escape, you know, or or blockade the door or something. And I told Valeria, one of my, one, one of the schemes I came up with before we came up with our, oh no, the cat's waking up. This is, this is not good. <laughs> one of my plans was that I was, I was saying, if they get into our place, but they're not in the neighbor's place, jump over the balcony and go into the um, neighbor's apartment. And Valeria said, qu- quite seriously, oh, but we just got the new knives. I want to try to use them. <laughs> So I do I find serious. this very small Russian that I live with terrifying. <laughs> she is a little bit terrifying. But anyway, all right, what else do we got? Next story. Okay. That's going to be, I guess, the last story. Oh, Chris, our cat is awake. Uh-huh, yeah, I told you. Good morning, Aston. Good morning. Okay. All right, give it to me. <laughs> Last story. Democrat congressman pushed to deplatform Fox and Newsmax. Yeah. Um, so almost all the stories today, they're all they all seem to be about implementing draconian measures. Um, you know, this push to censor conservatives, to destroy conservatives, to target conservatives, attack us. Um, the world is becoming a very dangerous place for conservatives. So let's have a look here. Media Matters. Now, Media Matters, let me just say this. This is the most disgusting organization in the world. They're horrible. They're evil. They just attack conservatives. If the um, Southern Poverty Law Center was a legitimate organization, they should register them as a hate group because they are a hate group. I've been censored by Media Matters. What they do is they write hit pieces on people they don't like, conservatives. And they say, oh, this person is fomenting violence or some nonsense. And then YouTube censors them, Twitter censors them, everyone. So they've been on this campaign for ages now to try to get cable providers to stop, excuse me, to to take Fox News off their platforms. So if you have, like if you subscribe to whatever it is, AT&T or something, um, cable. I don't know, what is there, like Comcast or I don't know, whatever. See, I, 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 I stream everything off the internet, so I don't know, like Dish Network, I guess. And they're trying to um, petition these companies and say, don't carry Fox News because Fox News is evil. Let's have a read here. Okay, Media Matters campaign to deplatform Fox News off cable and satellite systems. Um, this campaign gains ground with Democrat hearing in Congress this week. Yeah, so it's gotten really bad because Democrat politicians are now getting in the fray here, and they're petitioning these um, companies as well. The campaign by Democrat Party front group Media Matters for America to get Fox News removed from cable TV systems is gaining ground this month with a column by the New York Times' Nicholas Kristof and a Democrat-led House hearing this Wednesday targeting cable and satellite operators who carry Fox, Newsmax, and OAN network. 
the push is based on accusations by liberals that Fox News, Max, and OAN network broadcast disinformation about the COVID pandemic and the 2020 presidential election. However, Media Matters has a campaign that that uh, preceded the current controversies, launched in 2019, called Unfox My Cable Box, uh, urging liberals to demand that they stop being charged for Fox News and Fox Business as part of the a part of their bundled fees. Um, Media Matters boasted that their president, Angelo Carusone, 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 I don't know, was quoted blasting Fox in Christoph's column published February 11th. Uh, and then it goes on to quote the article quite a bit. And uh, yeah, so we've just got this push. We've just got this push by leftists, even by leftist politicians, to try to silence conservatives. I'm doing this whole video coming up on my other channel, Mr. Reagan, about Twitter and what they're doing. I'm going into a lot of detail about this. I'm proving how much Twitter lies about you know, the balance of their censorship. They like to say that, oh, we're, um, we're just trying to stop targeted harassment. That's their favorite thing to say. And Jack Dorsey's constantly on there saying, oh, we, um, we want to like facilitate as much conversation as possible. We want to create a platform that as many people feel safe speaking on as possible. But that's very obviously a lie. It's, it's demonstrably a lie. Because you can see how many people they're taking off the, cha uh, the um, platform. They took Donald Trump off the platform. And with Donald Trump went a lot of users because a lot of users were only on there for Donald Trump. So, I mean, it's very obviously partisan. This stuff is, I mean, these claims that these groups make to be nonpartisan, to be neutral, they're all lies, right? Um, this whole idea of misinformation to me is disturbing because CNN gets a lot of things wrong. MSNBC gets tons of things wrong. The New York Times is getting a lot of stuff wrong lately. And <clears throat> these organizations are kind of given a pass, right? The assumption is, well, you try to get it right and you make mistakes, right? And that's what they say, too. If they, if they get something wrong, they say, well, we made a mistake. But that's very obviously not true because they knew that the Russian collusion thing was a lie and they kept pushing it. So why do they get a pass and we... We, get, we do not get the benefit of the doubt at all. If we say something that proves not to be true, well, we intentionally lied. If CNN says something that turns out not to be true, oh, they just made a mistake. That's okay, everybody makes mistakes. Why isn't it the other way around? Why aren't we allowed to make mistakes occasionally and CNN isn't assumed to be lying? So that's the dynamic that we're dealing with right now. There's a very disingenuous push to say that anything that conservatives say that's wrong is a lie and everything that CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times says that's wrong is a mistake. But what's worse than that is that a lot of times they say that conservatives are lying about something. We're not even wrong. <laughs> Most of the time we're actually right. Like the Hunter Biden laptop situation. Right? They said that the New York Post was uh, lying, that this was Russian disinformation. But it wasn't. This was a legitimate story. There was no reason for them to block that story. But everywhere blocked that story. It wasn't just Twitter. People think of Twitter, but it was like you couldn't find it anywhere except for like Breitbart, um, Fox News, Newsmax, these, these very right-wing news organizations. Those were the only places that you could find that story. It was blocked everywhere. That's horrible. Anyway, we are very quickly descending into, I don't know what I would call it. Let's see. I wrote something down here. What did I write? We, oh, yeah. I called it, when I wrote it down earlier, I called it authoritarianism. We are devolving into authoritarianism. And we really are. I mean, this is persecution of a particular political you know, philosophy. And I just want to say this. Republicans tend to be right about things. Democrats tend to be wrong about things. And we're the ones being persecuted. This is a very volatile situation. This is a very precarious situation. We are very quickly devolving into authoritarianism. Well, if um, 
Fox and Newsmax gonna be, I mean, imagine, gone, CNN rating will go up. Isn't what they're trying to do? I mean, they can hope. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think that losing Fox they, is going trying, to help. They're trying to do everything. They really are, yeah. No right, competition, well, no competition, just CNN all day long. <laughs> CNN all day, every day. State news. Okay. In conjunction with the Biden administration. All right. Well, let's let's close out the stories on that note. The news is over, ladies and gentlemen. We're done talking about the news. Now it's time for the Q and A. Anybody who has a an interesting question to present to us, or an interesting comment that you think should be read on the air, please type your thoughts now. What do we got? <laughs> Mark uh, says, the Biden is an authority on dementia. Did you call him the Biden again? The Biden. That's what he wrote. The Biden. Oh, he watched the show last night is what? Yeah, he's commenting a lot. Uh, Valeria made a mistake yesterday and called Joe Biden the Biden, which we thought was funny. <laughs> I think my mistakes are kind of hilarious. Oh, they're brilliant. We're definitely calling him the Biden on this show from now on. <laughs> Anyway, so sorry, what did he write? Uh, the, Bi- <laughs> the Biden is an authority, authority on dementia. That is true. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's got personal experience. I don't know if that makes him an authority. So what else we got? Have you done voice work? I have. I'm on uh, a couple of video games. I'm on uh, a few things. Mostly video games. I did a bunch of video games. I did some commercials. I did some work for um, like a marketing company. So I would do I would do some like in-house stuff, you know. So stuff they were making for other companies, like uh, business-to-business stuff. And yeah, I did all kinds of stuff. Short films. I did I did a, a robot once. I had to do kind of like a um, a 2001 Space Odyssey robot voice. So I spoke um, like this the whole time. <laughs> Hello, PNN, Dave. I guess that's quite fun. the name, PNN. Have you heard the news about GTA may get ban Illinois? GTA, GTA? Like Grand Theft Auto? G- yeah, I think so. It looks like it. The video game? Yeah. We'll get banned in Illinois. Have you heard the news about GTA may get banned Illinois? Hold on, let me let me look at this. GTA. No, I haven't heard that. <laughs> okay, I'm reading it now. Ban Grand Theft Auto video game to combat carjacking. Says uh, carjackings. Says Illinois lawmaker. <laughs> that is too funny. An Illinois lawmaker wants to ban the sale of violent video games, including the popular Grand Theft Auto series. I don't think that that video game is what's encouraging people to steal cars. You know, I stopped a carjacking once because I had a, a car stolen. They found it, you know, in the hood, completely stripped. And some, this is hilarious, actually. Some uh, GTA, The game uh, GTA is racist. Did they say that already? Does it say that in the thing? No. I'm sure somebody has accused it of being racist before. Because the reason why there is a high crime rate in Illinois is not because of... I don't want to say anything wrong. Yep. Not the population, but because of this game. <laughs> this game is encouraging. You mean it's not... It's not uh because of the high concentration of concentration, uh, yes, of black people mm-hmm. in Illinois. Yep. Well, you know, it, I, I really don't like that kind of stereotype. Now, if you look at the crime rate, certainly there's far more crime by black people than white people. Um, and I, I believe genuinely that this is not really a race issue, but a culture issue. Right? You go to those black neighborhoods; they have cultures that are maybe that have maybe different values than you might have in, like, say, the white suburbs. And people will say there's reasons for that. Oh, it's because of white oppression and blah, 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 blah. 
No, no, it isn't. You don't have to steal cars. You don't have to do this stuff. You could be a good, upstanding citizen. But if all your cultural values are, no, no, stealing is good, selling drugs is good, joining a gang is good, then that's going to influence you for sure. So, uh, you know, we need to make some... We need to address that as a society. We need to say these are not positive values. That's what I think. But okay. anyway, that's fa- fantastic. Thank you for posting that in the comments. That's hilarious. Uh, Mark, again, asking, <laughs> speaking of censorship, how long do you think it will be until Tucker Carlson get canceled? Good morning. Sunday I hit it with my headphones. <laughs> I think he's quite startled. Domestic abuse. Anyway, sorry, what did he say? Um, speaking of censorship, how long do you think it will be until Tucker Carlson get canceled? Well, that's what they're talking about in that other article, right? Because that's Getting rid the, of Fox News because they so want like to get rid of Tucker. Yeah, I think that... Well... They tried to do it already because one of Tucker Carlson's guys, like his head writer... Um, was found to have posted some things that people didn't think were very nice. And, um, like, I I think he posted... Somebody had written, would you let an African doctor perform LASIK eye surgery on you? And he wrote, I wouldn't even let an Asian doctor. And I thought it was a joke about, like, Asian eyes, but but people corrected me, so I was wrong about that. Uh, they were like, no, 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 it's, it's the idea that people think that Asian doctors are like the best doctors. This is just a guy who doesn't want LASIK at all, right? So he's mm-hmm. like, I'm, LASIK terrifies me. I wouldn't let anybody do it, even the best doctors. Who cares about the race thing, right? So he wasn't even commenting on race. The LASIK, the LASIK uh, surgery, it like mostly done by like a system. Like you have some yeah, human operation. Yeah, it's like a mechanical but, thing. Yeah. yeah. It mostly the well. His point is he finds LASIK terrifying. That yeah. was really the only point mm-hmm. he was making, but that was, you know, offensive somehow. Yeah. And he wrote a couple of other things that people thought were a bit rude. So he actually got fired off the Tucker Carlson show. And if I were Tucker, I wouldn't have fired him. I would have gone on Twitter or done a press conference or gone on my show or whatever and said, "Screw you guys! I know this guy. He's a good guy. He's not a racist." He may have said some things, some off-color jokes, but I'm not going to fire him because of that. That's not what we do here. I say no to the cancel culture. But um, somehow Tucker felt some kind of pressure from somewhere, and he thought, you know, this guy should go. And I don't even know if it was Tucker's choice. might have been the producers of the show. I'm not sure what happened. But, yeah, they've targeted Tucker before. They're still targeting. They hate him. They want him to go. What else do we have, baby? Guys, we need more questions. We still have seven minutes. Are, are, did we actually make it perfect? Yep. Oh. We would make it 100% perfect if the cat didn't wake <laughs> up like 10 minutes ago. Hold on, hold on. Uh, just see what the comments there are. Let me, let me look. She's so bad at this. She'll get better. I'm trying to distract her from meowing. So. Well, we need, we need the comments. What do we get? You can read the comments. Well, I'm going to have to now. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Oh man, they're going so fast. Come on, guys. Jeez. Do you remember what games are you in with uh, your uh, voiceover? Oh man, what's the biggest? The biggest one. I have you it in there. Do you want to go in there? Yes, you played one. Go, go go in there and get it. It's it's like a horror game. I don't play horror games. I tried to play it. It was terrible. I might have thrown it out actually. Just dig through. It's a it's a PS4 game. Yeah, it's it's a, like a scary one. Yes, the Evil Within two. The Evil Within two. That's the biggest game that I think I'm in. I'm gonna market this. I'm in this game. This is the only reason I bought it. I actually didn't know what game this was. They don't tell you all the time when you have jobs like this. I actually uh, just realized that I was in a game, but not as a voiceover, uh-huh. as a character. They scanned my body, yeah, my face. Yeah, that's right. You're in a game, too. And I don't know the name of the project because they never tell you. It's a secret. Let me see. I downloaded another game that I'm in. Black Desert. I grabbed this onto my phone. But I have no idea what my character is or anything like that. 
Let the cat meow. <laughs> go on, Aston. Go for it. Uh, yeah, so uh, those are two games that I'm in. But I'm in lots. I didn't really pay attention to everything I'm in. There was a movie. Um, well, that's acting. Yeah, I did a lot of voiceover stuff. A lot of voiceover stuff. A lot of uh, bit parts. But uh, nothing too big. Obviously, I never got famous acting. I just got famous on YouTube. Uh, how can we get the government to treat us like adults again? <laughs> Kimberly asking. You know, here's the thing, Kimberly. A lot of people out there don't want to be treated like adults. I think a lot of people want to be treated like children. And that's the problem, right? Leftists want the government to act as mommy and daddy. Right? That's why you see on Twitter, you know, I'm doing this video about Twitter censorship. A lot of the problem with Twitter censorship is that conservatives don't care if you tell them you're going to ki kill them. If you tell me you're going to kill me online, I'm not going to go and report you. I'm not going to be like, this mean person said that they're going to kill me. So a lot of leftists never get reported when vicious things are said to conservatives. But if a conservative calls a trans dude, a guy that wears lipstick and wears his hair long and pretends he's a woman, if you call him he, well, you'll get reported. This person was being mean to me. They didn't use my preferred pronoun. And you will get kicked off Twitter for that. If you call somebody by the wrong pronoun three times on Twitter, you're banned for life. What the hell is that? But you can tell me you want to murder me and you get to stay on because I didn't report you. So we didn't know. We didn't know this was a bad person. There are so many incidents of really nasty, horrific leftists who are reported, in fact, and Twitter does nothing. But if you call somebody by the wrong pronoun, oh, God help you. Better get on parlor because you're never getting on Twitter again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but a lot of these people, a lot of these um, beta males, these very weak millennial types, Gen Z types, who don't know how to function in society, in reality. I don't remember who said this, but there was um, a perception that in, in like the 80s and 90s, there was this uh, hysteria about um, like stranger danger, right? Like your kids are going to get kidnapped, you're, you're kidnapped, your kids are going to get abused, this kind of stuff by strangers. And so parents stopped letting their kids play outside and be free and go on a hike and go on a bike ride by themselves. Now, when I was a kid, and I think a lot of people my age, I'm 41 now. Are you? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Always forgot. How old are you? 25. Liar. <laughs> 24 and a half. You're 23. Darling, I'm already 24. Oh, did you turn 24? Yes. I knew 24 that. 24 and a half. She's 24 and I'm 41. It's a perfect combination. I, I recommend it to anyone. If you're a 41-year-old man, find yourself a 23-year-old girl. I think it works, right? You know you have to speak for people to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just went like this. Okay. Are we done? No. Let's take another comment. Valeria is taking her sweet time, apparently. Yeah, well, what I wanted to say was that in the same way these children on Twitter beg Jack Dorsey to block people so that they don't have to hear ideas they don't like, they also want Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, these people, to fix America in a way that makes them more comfortable, despite the fact that it might destroy the country. So, you know, a lot of people... In America today, they don't really care about what the best idea for the country is. They care about what the best idea for themselves is in the moment. And they don't really think things through, and they don't rely on people who know what they're talking about. They just say, oh, I think this is probably a good idea. I'm going to fight for it passionately. And they go march in the streets with their pink hats and their Black Lives Matter signs. Did you look for any more comments? Yeah. Oh, she's found uh, I something. like this comment. Can you let the cat help you close the show tonight? Sure. You want to bring him over? Yeah. 
All right, guys, this is the end of the broadcast. Our grand finale will be bringing Aston onto the show. All right, there you go, buddy. Hey, you want to say hi? Uh-oh, the mic's here. I'm going to hold you until you scream. Go. Scream. Scream. Okay, the one time I want him to talk, nothing. (laughs) Useless. All right, guys. Well, that's it for us. Have a good night. And uh, I'm toxic. She's masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. We done? I think so. Say goodbye, Valeria. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys.